0: It's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 736 for July 9th, 2022. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Booshatz, And we have another installment of Programming by Stealth, at least in the tidbits category. Well, it's on that domain.
1: The show notes are on the pbs.bartdeficer.net domain. So we're getting closer. But I
0: think, no, I think this is definitely a programming topic. And uh, I am amazed at Bart's clairvoyance. (laughs) I was, this morning, now maybe yesterday afternoon, I was penning in my head, a a message I was going to write to our Programming by Stealth Slack channel at podfee.com slash slack, and I was going to ask them, can you people give me some advice on how to make my code not dependent on internet because I'm going to be going to Iceland in uh, less than a week, and I don't know where I'm going to have internets and where I'm not, but I'm going to have free time, and so that would be a great time to do some coding, but the last time I tried this, I was completely unable to do that. I tried, and I failed miserably to disconnect it from the internet. And then Bart sends me The show notes, and that is the exact topic of the day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the actual title is "Tips for the for the Vacationing Programmer." (laughs) That is
0: amazing, Bart.
1: Well, in fairness, you did say you were going on holidays, and uh, I was—I think it was a photography podcast I was listening to, where they were talking about, you know, be prepared—you're not going to be able to have your iCloud backups and stuff. And I was like, (laughs) "Oh, I see a topic."
0: Yeah, yeah. No, this, at least uh, for me, this is going to be going to be great. And I think uh, a lot of people do end up in situations where maybe they're out at a cabin on a lake with no internet and people think you're supposed to shut down and relax, but they don't understand this is what we do for fun, right?
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, some of my happiest memories of of sort of my, my early 20s was warm evenings in the Mediterranean. So the sun has set, it's not so hot, I'm melting. It's just a warm evening breeze. I can hear the Mediterranean lapping away. I have a giant glass of sangria, and I am coding, <laughs> and I am really happy. I'm in my happy place. That is my idea of relaxing. But
0: don't you do you find people tell you you're doing it wrong? You should unplug. You. <laughs> yeah, whatever you do, you. Exactly You do exactly. you, I'll do me And I'm on holiday, so
1: I'm not even going to argue with you Good day <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye-bye the, uh, the, the time I really realized this was when we went to uh, Australia for a Total Eclipse And uh, we were on a cruise ship for it And I realized it wasn't just that I like the internet I love the internet <laughs> I want the internet to be there always It's not, it's not a little bit of joy but, uh, without without
1: bits of it for different times there's bits of it I need for work, and there's bits of it I do for fun. And I would like a magic button to turn off only the bad bits, but since That's we don't true. have that, I'll just take internet everywhere.
0: <laughs> That's true. Those were simpler times the last time I was out of internet. so <laughs> But you're going to anyway, teach us how to do it, uh, do it right. Yes. Yeah, so
1: regard, like we're all, we're all a little bit different, right, with how we go on holiday. But as a general rule, there are two spectra that we're going to fall somewhere into. The first spectrum is... Our hardware is either going to be identical or completely different to what we normally use or somewhere Um, in between. For me, I I love desktops. I have a laptop, but I use my desktop 99.9% of the time. So Mm. whenever I go on vacation, I blow the dust off my laptop, (laughs) power it up for the first time, do 20 million software updates. So for me, there's actually quite a bit of work to do to get my laptop ready to be my daily driver again. Whereas people like yourself you live on your laptop you you you're you whether you're here or at Lindsay's or you're just you're always on the same computer so you don't have right. that so on the spectrum you're completely different to me and some people will just have a machine that may not even like it may be like a hundred percent different it's not even theirs or whatever so mm. you're going on a spectrum and the other spectrum we're all going to fall on is connectivity either it'll be identical to what we have now so my parents have a holiday home in Spain so when they go to Spain, they don't notice any difference because they're buying broadband in Spain as a residential customer because they have an address. They can get residential broadband. So it's just the same. So, you know, when my parents travel, they don't think about connectivity. But if you're going to your cabin on the woods or on a cruise, the chances are you won't have zero internet anymore. There's very few places with actual zero. Mm-hmm. But it's probably
0: less, especially less than what we have, because we're nerdy. We have good internet. I, so, I did see 10 kilobytes... On a river boat in India one time. So that wasn't zero, but it was 10 kilobytes. Darn I took close. a screenshot of it.
1: <laughs> right. And the other thing that may happen is that if you're live, if you're out, say, in some sort of rented accommodation, you may only have internet in, like, the local coffee shop. So internet may become something that you do for half an hour a day. Yeah, so you go get you know, some and come back. Yeah, exactly. So you might wander down the village and you grab yourself a fresh baguette. It's a oh, so lovely fresh baguette with some fresh... Anyway. Ah, remembering my holidays in Spain now. Um, and I would do that. I would wander down the village, get a fresh baguette, some fresh local cheese. And then I would sit down in a coffee shop and enjoy my baguette and the internet. <laughs> right. So again, it's different, right? So you're going to be somewhere on the spectrum between everything's normal and, everything, and everything's completely different. And that's going to change quite which bits of this advice you do to what extent. But at the end of the day, all of these, you know, these are the tools to bear in mind for those two spectra. Now... The advice we're going to give is we're going to special we're going to assume the people listening are programming by stealth listeners. So we're going to assume the tool chain is our tool chain: HTML, CSS, JavaScript, jQuery, Bootstrap, npm, Node.js, JS Doc, Jest, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the concepts are generic. You just may need to do a little bit of mental translation into your chosen tool, but the concepts will be the same. So. I've broken this into three parts. Before you set off, while you're away, and when you get back. And there's work to be done on all three of those stages. So if I can channel myself from our other segment, the very first thing to do is patchy, patchy, patch, patch. Right? Just make, you don't want to be dealing with software updates when the internet is a thing that is in some way rationed. Just get that out of the way. And even if you have perfect internet, do you really want to spend your holiday looking at a progress bar? Like, really? <laughs> I don't. So I would say before you leave, make sure your OS is up to date. If you have an OS that has an app store, get all your apps up to date that are in the app store. If you're going to be using anything else in your tool chain that you have to manually launch, do that and let them all check themselves for updates. And if they all, you know, whine at you. like the first time you would blown the dose of MAMP in six months or whatever. Let it do its thing. And then if you rely on a local server like MAMP or whatever, make sure that it, you know, because it may not, be on your mind as an app, but it may need a little bit of an update. So just, you know, run it and make sure everything's happy.
0: Let just me uh, make a hatch. break in here about uh, mm. about map is uh, I tried to do the things that Bart is going to talk about. I thought I'd test run on my code and I ran into this big mess and I remembered, oh, it's, it was a cross-site origin error. And I thought, oh, I know how to fix this. I remember I run map. It's been a long time since I've had to do that, but I've got to go. I've got to run MAMP, so that's great. I know how to fix it, and it didn't fix the problem. And I was freaked out, and I wrote to Bart, and I was like, "Oh my god, it didn't work." And he says, well, "Screen share to me," and he says, "You're not doing it. You're not opening it through MAMP. You open the file, so it's not just that I. You need to dust off MAMP. You also have to dust off your brain to remember how does MAMP solve those problems, because MAMP has to. You have to go in through the web interface of of MAMP. You can't just open your files like you normally do."
1: Yes, because then MAMP is running, but it's just sitting there going, someone's going to ask me something. Hasn't happened yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have to dust off your brain cells too, I guess. We need a fifth practice. bullet here, Barton.
1: <laughs> and the other thing, of yeah, course, practice. the reason you want to do that practice before you leave is because you still have A, the internet and B, the pod feed Slack community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> right. again, time to do it before you go. The other thing I like to do before I go is clone my repos to make sure I have everything down. And I would actually say the obvious thing is you clone what you plan on working on. But I don't know about you, but when I'm working on something and I run into a blocker, what I tend to do is work on something else for a while, and my brain mm. is actually still working on the problem. I don't know what it is, but it is. And I'll okay. be in the shower, or I'll be doing something else, and then my brain will go, and that's what you need to do.
0: Oh, 100%. But in the meantime,
1: I've switched to something else. But if I only checked out one repo,
0: what do I do? I have no something else. What, what are you going to do? Go talk to people uh, uh, oh. out uh, on the beach or something? No, that's not right.
1: <laughs> exactly. And the other thing I find myself wanting to do a lot is I, al- I will also check out all the other repos with the same technology.
0: Hmm. So if I know
1: I'm going to be working on something to do with Bootstrap, I'll check out my other Bootstrap code because um. I'm going to say, I, oh, I remember a toast was a way to do that. And how do you do a toast again? Well, the easiest way is just to find your own code because that's how you like it. So just go find what you did before and copy yourself.
0: Oh, but the other advantage of that is you're going to find something wrong in that code and that gives you something else to play with when you get stuck,
1: right? (laughs) That's true too. Yeah, because you will find it. And then you remember, oh, I meant to add that feature.
0: Yeah. You're away.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right. So be very, very generous in what you clone because code is tiny anyway. So it's not like you're going to fill up your laptop or whatever. Just check it out. Better to have it than to need it.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. I like it. I tend to keep everything cloned, but again, that's back to the my laptop is my desktop.
1: Yes, and if I were to somehow manage to shrink ray my desktop and take it with me, that then I would have that too, right? Because that's it's all there. Yeah, Uh, you should definitely do whatever you need to do, which I call building your project. Building is well, it's a good generic word actually. So for now, our software projects are quite simple, so there's not really much of a build process, but that's. It's becoming less true as we learn more. So when we start to use Webpack, we're actually going to have to do an npm run build to make our code work. So, you know, we are starting to head towards building. But really what I mean is do whatever you need to do between git clone and my code is running. At the very least, if you're using npm, that means an npm ci, which stands for clean install. So what npm ci will do is it will read your package-lock.json which will tell it everything that should be installed, and it will then copy that into a folder, the name of which I had meant to remind myself of before we started recording, but of course I forget. But I always... Uh, where are we uh, node this? modules? Node. Yeah, node underscore modules. Right. So that has... When you do the ci that downloads all of those things and installs them into folders inside node underscore modules. So that okay. means that they're now right there, so there, there is now no network dependency on all of the stuff you've listed in your package-lock. That's all now
0: safely here. Okay, so if, if I did that ages ago, I don't have to like refresh it or anything. No. Unless I made changes to the uh, dash-lock The package.json.
1: The... Uh, yeah, your package.json. Okay, so your package.json expresses your desires, and package-lock
0: records what is true. OK, right, 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 right. I Because I, so, I know I'm not allowed to touch that lock one. Right. So what you
1: might consider doing in addition to an NPMCI, if you haven't, if you've just freshly cloned, right? If you're freshly cloned, you definitely don't have your node underscore module. So you definitely do right. have to do an NPMCI. Okay. But even if you have node modules, you may want to take the opportunity to update your dependencies. And you can check if you need to by running npm out of date, and it will list all the out of date packages in your package in your package.json.
0: Oh. Is that if you all look- one
1: word, out of date? Uh, it's in the show notes. Whatever way it is in the show notes, I copied and pasted it Oh, npm it from my
0: terminal.
1: outdated. Outdated, there we go. Okay. Yeah, I copied and pasted it from my terminal, because that's okay. the one way I know it's right, <laughs> if it runs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that will list what's at a date. And then you can use npm upgrade to bring everything up to date. But npm upgrade is very clever. So remember the whole three dot notation, the semver notation, where yeah. the first number is a major version, the second number is the minor, and the third is the patch. So major means breaking changes, minor means new features, but nothing broken, and patch just means bug fixes. Okay. So if you do an npm upgrade, it will only go minor versions. So it's Hmm.
0: safe. Okay.
1: Now that means that if you run NPM outdated and it lists something as being more out of date than a minor version, you're going to have to manually edit package.json if you want to upgrade to the major version. But that's something you do when you're not in a hurry. Because (laughs) the only reason you you increment the major bit is if there are breaking changes. So by definition, that's not something you do on a whim. While you're waiting, you know, while you're rushing to pack for a flight.
0: Right. Not a good idea. Okay, but so I, just, I just ran that on mine, and it did find uh, three things. And it, it actually answered a question I was going to ask you, is it went and found uh, ESLint, uh, the configuration file for the Airbnb base I was using, and a couple of plugins for it. So uh, I was curious what happens to ESLint in all of this. And that. so that's one of the dependencies. Is of that the a dependencies? dependencies?
1: It's a dev dependency. So if you look in your package.json, pretty much all of our dependencies are dev dependencies. So there's things right. we need to make the code, right. not things the code needs.
0: Right. I don't think I'm actually even using any NPM modules, but I've got all this stuff working. Because exactly. Because at the
1: moment, our main use of NPM is it's giving us our tools.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That now will it's change also over telling time, me NPM is, needs to be updated too. So that's a little terrifying.
1: Uh, that's actually quite safe to do, but that does not involve going to npm.org and downloading, or okay. no.js.org, sorry, and downloading the latest LTS. Okay. Always go for the latest LTS, then you're always in safe territory.
0: Okay, I think I'll wait. I'm scared. <laughs> I, oh, no, it gives mean, me ha- the instructions. It says right there, npm install-sg and here's the install and
1: just do it. Mm, that's going to update npm without updating your node. I would, I would honestly, I would say you're better off going to npm or nodejs.org and just downloading the latest LTS. I can say that I have never okay. had an LTS break anything.
0: Okay, and, and I, like, um, I've been using
1: Node for decades,
0: and you don't have to they do an npm ci or anything after you do that. No. not Okay. No. Yeah.
1: All right. So it's safe to do. Uh, so that's your project built. The next thing to do is. Go to your wireless settings and turn them off. And if you have an Ethernet board, plink, pull it You in. want me to do that right now? Oh, yeah, listen, <laughs> definitely while we're recording over Zoom. That's definitely the right thing to do. Um, and then run through your process. So npm space doc. npm run docs. npm run test, npm run build, whatever it is you normally do, mm-hmm. do that. And then make your code do whatever it is your code does and, see, and make sure it actually does all of that.
0: Right. And if right. all of
1: that works, well, then you're done. But there's a very serious non-zero chance that's not your experience. <laughs> Quite likely, because particularly where we are in programming by stealth, we have been making our own lives simpler to understand by making very heavy use of content delivery networks, CDNs. Right, and the right. reason for that is because we haven't together learned how to use Webpack for its second of its two use cases. So the first thing it can do is it can make an all- in one library for you to share your library code with other people. and that's that's the use we've just learned about before we went on hiatus. Like literally, that was the last installment we recorded. So that's mm-hmm. really fresh knowledge. We haven't exercised those muscles. What we haven't even looked at is the other use, which is to take, things like jQuery and all of that, and to collect it into one single file, and then your HTML, instead of linking to the CDN, your HTML will just have one single link to all of my JavaScript. And okay, basically Webpack will have packaged it into one file, and then you just say script src equals whatever you call the one file. But we haven't learned about that yet. so. Right. Well, if you just copy and paste from the show notes it's full of CDN links to get jQuery and Popper JS and all that stuff. So we now need to not use a CDN. We need to get our we need to get the stuff our html reaches out to onto our computer sitting right next to the to the .html file somewhere. By tradition, the folder you put other people's code in is contrib, which is short for contributions. Hmm. And this is a good habit to get into because it's really obvious then what's mine and what did I grab from somewhere else. Okay. It's in the contrib folder, I got it from somewhere else. Okay. Now, there are two ways to deal with this localizing your dependencies. There's the right way, which is using something like Webpack in the way we haven't learned yet. Now. <laughs> If you fancy having part of your holiday be some learning, there's actually a link in the show notes to a nice tutorial that's actually not scary, uh, which will get you to where you can do Webpack plus NPM to manage your dependencies the proper way. But the quick and dirty fix is just to get a copy of everything you're getting from a CDN, put it in the contrib folder, and then copy and paste your script tags or your stylesheet linker tags and... Um, and just change the URL to be whatever the name of the file is in the contrib folder. And as so you discovered, which I had This is where I did
0: it wrong. Uh, before we get to that, this is where I did it wrong. I looked, I read this, but not carefully. So I'm going to reiterate for those who didn't listen carefully and maybe don't read <laughs> carefully either. Um, I looked at something like the script tag for uh, popper.js and well let's not use popper let's use something like jquery and and I went out and I did I, I did a search for download jquery and so mm-hmm. I I found jquery and I downloaded it I went out and I found bootstrap's download and I downloaded it and then when I got to popper I couldn't find it and so I asked you I said well how am I supposed to do popper I can't find the download and you said why are you doing all the downloads all you have to do is take that that URL that's in your script tag pop that into your uh into your browser window and Download that.
1: Because that's what your browser was doing anyway, so, right? That's what the script tag was doing.
0: Now no, I remember that... why I tried that. I tried doing a save as at that point because it was there wasn't like it didn't download it. It it put it all on the screen in Safari. And yeah, so I tried browser, doing a, the...
1: tried doing a save as actually, and it turned might... into a
0: web lock or something.
1: You need to do a save, not a save as. I and mean, that's a Safariism. That's not wow. a generic thing, that's a Safariism. Oh, okay. Uh, something we might actually pop into the show notes. a really good tool for this is either Wget or um, Wget or curl. We covered both of them in PBS, not PBS, TTT. So there is a TTT link that will by magic appear, because that lets you download from the command line, and then you just say either Wget or curl, whichever you prefer, and paste the URL. And if you do that from within the Contrib folder, it'll actually pull it right where you want it too.
0: Oh, nice. Okay.
1: So that's definitely an easy uh, one. Reminder. Yeah, pop a reminder because I need to go figure out where in TTT, although we have an index, I think. So, well, we have a book.
0: We we have a book. I'll go look it up. Yeah. Uh,
1: So the other thing you discovered, which I had forgotten about, is that nowadays it's quite normal for CDNs to add an integrity attribute to the script tags they get you to copy and paste.
0: Yeah, so that's that's the hash that it compares to make sure that you have the real one, that somebody hasn't
1: messed with it. It's not so much that you haven't, it's to make sure that the CDN hasn't been hacked oh. since you linked to it.
0: I'm glad you bring that up, because as I was running around looking for proper.js to download and finding these CDNs, I, w- I started thinking, how do I know this is a CDN I can trust? You know, if it's a Cloudflare, yeah, I'm probably pretty okay, but there's other ones. I'm just kidding, like, Bob CDN, you know, and I, and I kind of wondered about it. Um. Well, generally speaking, the web, the homepage of the library in question,
1: its GitHub page, whatever, will list their CDN. Okay. So somewhere in their readme.md file, it'll say, here's the sample script tag, and it'll have the link to whatever the heck CDN they want you to use. So that's kind of like the getting it from the horse's mouth. Uh, but So at the point in time you copy and paste that link, you now have that hash. And that means that if that CDN gets compromised later, your browser will know, uh-oh, oh, this is wrong. When the programmer connected to me, you're on mute, by the way, Alison.
0: Yes, I am. So this you're is saying enjoy a video. Yes, it is good that we're doing video. Bart can tell I'm trying to interrupt him. Uh, so you would know. Actually, my example is bad. So Bob's BobCDN.net would have given you a bad hash. <laughs> might have given me a bad hash, and I downloaded a bad thing. But if if Bob was a, a, a good actor, and I downloaded it, and then later on Bob got hacked, that's when it would know it was messed up.
1: Correct. Okay. Correct. Because at the point in time when you know it's good, you fossilize in the hash. Okay. And then if anything ever changes later, your page will fail to load because that's not the file you linked to. Right. But now, It could be legitimate, doing it, but it's not the file you linked to.
0: If we're doing it a different way and not going straight to that CDN anymore, what should we do with that integrity check? Poof. Delete it. Go bye-bye, huh? Go
1: by, Mike, because the file is right there. It's in your contrib folder. You don't need any of that stuff. There's no third party to mess with things. You have the file right next to you. So just take it out. You don't need it. Really, the only thing you need is the src attribute.
0: Okay. So we spent a little time talking uh, beforehand about a couple of them that maybe you would want to do differently. Like I ended up downloading Bootstrap, and it's a whole folder full of stuff. But yeah, so you do want to do some of those you want to download and some you don't?
1: I As mean, you want to go
0: get the full thing. The only one I am aware of that we have talked
1: about in the entire series that is not self-contained in a single file is Bootstrap because it is both CSS and JavaScript. So Bootstrap is a much, much bigger thing. But everything else we've talked about together, Moment.js is a single file, jQuery is a single file. Font um, Awesome.
0: Font Awesome, Font awesome is, is a folder.
1: Is a folder, okay. Um, so give me CSS and one.
0: JavaScript. Um the other one was Mustache gave me a big folder full of stuff, but it looks like it's JS and MJS.
1: Yeah, so the Mustache one, you could have just gotten to work by copying the URL and downloading okay. whatever was in the CDN. Mustache is okay. self-contained.
0: So how do you tell whether you need to download more?
1: I'll try it the easy way. If it doesn't yeah, okay. work. If it doesn't work, what will happen is your JavaScript console will be full of 404 errors where it's trying to okay. connect to the internet that you've just literally unplugged.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Like, ah, okay. shoot. Okay, so there's more going on here and then try again, right? Plug the internet back in, have another go, plug the internet out again.
0: Larther, rinse, repeat. So I added another step to this process. Okay. Uh, The step I added was document the way you had it before. Even though I know I'm in a version control system and I can always revert back to where I was when I get home, but then there's, you know, changes and all that, you know, I'm going to be putting other things in. I wrote down, okay, this is what my script had looked like before, I discovered it was actually way out of date. So I updated it first, everything kept working, and then I switched it over to this downloaded one.
1: Yeah, I think my advice in the show notes was just comment it out and keep everything right. in the contrib folder. And then the way you won't do that is comment it in and delete the contrib folder.
0: Yeah, but because I was getting these big folders of things in some cases and, and because it, uh, one of them I found I was like way out of date. Uh, which one was I like? I don't even understand how it was even working. What was it? Mustache. Zero point five point one is now four point two point zero.
1: Well I guess you're not using the most advanced features, clearly. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess Yeah. Yeah. I was I was just just a little bit behind.
1: Yeah. And so as I say, that you know, the easiest thing is just stick it all into the contra- the simplest well, the quick and dirty fix is to shove it in the contrib folder and update everything to a relative link in your contrib folder. The right right way to do it is to learn how to use a bundler. But we're just a little too early in PBS. We are going there. We just haven't arrived yet. So next time we're going on holidays, you won't have to do any of this. You just so NPM CI and it'll all be taken care of.
0: There we go. Um, I do want to point out something that I think is hilarious. Every single summer since Programming by Stealth and Taming the Terminal started, we have gone on summer holidays and talked about other stuff. And every single year we forget to actively do it. And the end of the summer, we always say, hey, next year, let's remember to tell people that's what we're doing. We just fall into it every single year. It just evolves that way.
1: Yeah, we don't plan a summer hiatus, but you know something, we do them 100% of the time, so maybe we should just admit to
0: ourselves <laughs> that this is what we do. <laughs> we won't remember next year, just, just yeah, we, for everybody, anybody who's paying attention. So, and uh,
1: it always reminds me of the Astronomy cast, because they're really good about it. They tell people, like, in March, by the way, remember we have the summer hiatus coming up, don't panic,
0: we'll, you know, we'll be gone for a yeah. while. And we okay. still record every other week. True. We, we just record other stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, true. Anyway, so at this stage, if you were to be forced onto a plane because they rescheduled it, you'd be okay, but you wouldn't be comfortable, right? At this stage, you have enough to get by in a pinch, but we can do better. We can do a bit more preparation to make our lives a little bit better. So in the olden days, I remember these days, the way you got documentation for the language you were working in was you bought a book. Almost all of them were from a company called O'Reilly. And they almost all, the, the O'Reilly series was famous. They were known as the animal series because every programming language had a mascot that was a little animal and the animal was on the spine of the book. And so you'd scroll along the bookshelf going, Oh, I need Pearl. That's the camel. And you'd take the camel book and people called the like the canonical book of Pearl is called the camel book. <laughs> to this day, it's called the camel book. And it's because of O'Reilly Press and because they have little animal mascots on all of their books. So. Right, right. I was a student, I couldn't afford proper furniture, so all of my bookshelves had like a C-shape, because the O'Reilly books were too heavy, and all of my shelves <laughs> were bowed in the middle. Now, although I did eventually learn that if you take a sweeping brush handle, and you saw it into pieces, and you stick them between all of your bookshelves,
0: <laughs> keeps them straight. Necessity's <laughs> anyway. the mother of invention, right?
1: Indeed. Now, of course, as well as them being heavy and awkward, um, they, uh, well, they go out of date. Like, you know, they're printed and yes, O'Reilly will reprint them, but will you rebuy them? No.
0: Right, So right.
1: nowadays we don't do that. Oh, I have a humble brag in the show notes. I actually wrote the chapter of one of the O'Reilly books. O'Reilly wow. had a book on um, Tomcat web server and they needed someone to write how to install Tomcat on a Mac. And I had a blog post that was how to install Tomcat on a Mac. And they went, could we pay you $200 to make that into a chapter?
0: I was like, no sir, yes, sir. No way. Wow, yeah.
1: and I got a free hat. That I—it's really high quality hat. I still wear it. Two hundred bucks good. and a hat, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's a black hat that's still black. Oh, that's hard still has the O'Reilly logo, and I still wear it all the time. It's like my second favorite hat after my PodFeed hat.
0: There you go. There you
1: go. <laughs> anyway, um, and I—I I threw out all my O'Reilly books apart from two: the Camel book because I love Pearl, and my Tomcat mm. book because it wasn't
0: no. my chapter. And I mentioned credited. No, anyway. It's hard to um, give those up. Uh, I, can I make a suggestion of something else you should download? Okay. The Taming the Terminal book. Yes. I probably have a yeah. copy of it somewhere on my Mac, but I, I wasn't sure. So um, I just opened it up in Firefox, which does allow you to save it as. So, yeah. um, and I'm going to add another one. Okay. Download Programming by Stealth. Now, the way you do that is slightly different, is you clone the repo from GitHub. Yeah. If you clone the repo, you will have everything that we have. In fact, you will have these these uh, in-progress show shownotes. notes. Before they're yes. done, you'll be able to see when we're halfway through something. So you can clone the repo, and, uh, and then you'll basically have all of the documentation right at your fingertips. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh,
1: so yes, so nowadays we have it in e-format. Uh, the three most common ways of getting these things is either... Most of the websites for the major projects will actually have some sort of downloadable zip file of HTML files or a PDF or a Git repo. A lot of them have a Git repo these days. O'Reilly still exists, but they don't send you dead trees. They give you EPUBs. So you just Mm -hmm. buy the EPUB that you want. Um, And I think they come with free updates too. Uh, Or you can use an app. So I have, even when I'm not traveling, I just always use an app called Dash, which is basically like iTunes for Documentation. It's like a library of all of your documentation in a nice standard, doesn't-make-your-eyes-bleed format. Very simplistic format, but it doesn't make my eyes bleed. And you can do things like add annotations and put in little bookmarks to yourself and keep little code snippets to yourself. I just really like having my documentation in Dash. It means I can command tab to it, and it's not lost to 550 million other tabs, because I have a lot of those. Um, And by default... It's offline. So whatever you get in Dash, you have in Dash.
0: So um, I want to back us up and then come back forward and ask okay. another question. Backing up, don't forget that Taming the Terminal is available through Apple Books. So if you're bringing an iPad with you, in fact, that might be a fun little thing to do on vacation is uh, uh, read and learn uh, Taming the Terminal. You won't be able to listen to the audio files without an internet connection, the embedded audio files, but you yeah. can definitely read it. Um, yeah. then coming back forward. So dash is available through setup. So I have it, but every time okay. I open it, I, I kind of get paralyzed. I've, I've been able to get it to show me things it already has, but I don't know how to tell it. Okay. Like I want the documentation for, uh, so- JS doc.
1: In Okay, so in the documentation, inside Dash's settings, there's one of the settings that moves about every time they update Dash. There's Mm -hmm. a place where you go to get doc sets and then they have a searchable menu.
0: Yeah, they do. So let's say I want JS doc. I type in JS doc and it says, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Then you can't have it. Oh, like it did. Okay. Everything isn't in Dash. Um, okay. But the really big stuff like JavaScript, Node, for me, stuff like PHP. Bootstrap CSS, is. Bootstrap is. Yeah. A lot of the big stuff is. Okay. Uh, JS doc isn't. Now, JS doc is literally one page of HTML. So you can oh, kind so of. Oh, so you can download it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is annoying that, yeah. Dash is 90%. Now, the other thing that Dash will let you do is it will let you embed a URL so that you can have it inside Dash, but it'd be a web page, which is useful, not now.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's what they were asking for. Because, yeah, I was thinking, okay, if I can just find the URL for Jest or for Jest or JSDoc, I'll be golden. But if I had done that, I would have been dead in the water when I was without a, ha, get it? Dead in the water on a boat? Yeah, let's hope <laughs> that I'm, doesn't boom. happen. No. <laughs> -hmm. Okay, yeah. So
1: it's not a panacea. It's just very good. So,
0: okay. Hey, look, somebody down. uh, There's a user contribute contributed section within uh, Mm Jest. Sorry, within Dash, and somebody contributed Jest. Brilliant. The
1: other thing that Dash will do is if there's a GitHub project, it will have its best go at turning README.md into documentation. And for some projects, oh. it will do a really good job. Hmm. And for some projects, it will fail spectacularly. Interesting. So your your mileage will vary. Your, it's not your mileage may vary. Your mileage will vary. But <laughs> some, you know, sometimes it works and okay. sometimes it doesn't. All right. So on a very, very similar note, as part from documentation, there are also other tools we programmers tend to end up using. So the two examples for me are regular expression testers Mm. and tools for helping colorblind idiot me pick color schemes. Ah. And they're generally
0: web-based tools. By the way, colorblindness is not associated with IQ. No, I'm just color dub. (laughs) There's got to be a better way to say that. I think it's called My color IQ is not very good. I couldn't design a color
1: scheme if you paid me. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't make sense. Okay. Oh, whether I, I you're colorblind
0: words. or not, you probably still couldn't do it well. Is what I saying. don't
1: know if there's a relationship. There may or may not be. But either way, I do not have the intelligence for doing color stuff. So I need someone else to provide.
0: Okay. And I okay. use tools talent. for that. Talent.
1: Yeah. Other people's talent that I piggyback off. That will okay. pay it forward, right? That's that's what we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I use a lot of online tools for that, which don't work when you're not online. So I would say whatever it is you, need, you use tools for... The chances are there's an app for that. So I I I've, I wish I'd remembered which of them you like, because I have two regular expression tools installed, and I know one of them you really like. One and of Helma, them is called Expressions.
0: Example. That's the Helma one, I think, right?
1: Yeah, so that's a perfect example, Expressions. Um, mm-hmm. And another one I kind of like to be able to do is to visualize JSON oh. files. So I, I have a couple of different apps for that. And those kind of things.
0: Okay, and so... Actually, it's not expressions. That's the one, not the one she recommended, but that is one that I have. I can never remember, remember the other name, but, um, so do those go out to the internet to work or are those they local? They
1: shouldn't, but you will okay. know for sure if you turn off Wi-Fi and unplug your ethernet.
0: Okay. So, uh, keep an eye on it, right? Check yeah, it keep out. An eye on it. Test yeah. everything.
1: Test everything. Basically. Yeah. Go through the motions with your network turned off and see what happens. Okay. So I figured eight, checklist would be useful. So is your OS patched? Is your, all your software installed? Is all your software patched? Are all the repos cloned? Have you built and test everything while well offline? Does the actual code you built work while you're offline? Do you have all your docs? Do you have all your tools? So that's before you go. And to be honest, I think that's actually the vast majority of the work is actually before you leave. Like, the heavy lifting is before you leave. Once you're away, it's just a few tips to make it go more smoothly for you. But actually, the work is now done. You can now have fun. The the biggest tip for while you're away is to continue to commit early and commit often. Right? Can, can
0: I stop you before you go that you far? I think you've forgotten some things that you talked about. Um, Did I? I actually, well, I don't actually see the eight-point uh, checklist, but I want to back up a little bit. Um you talked about on the quick and dirty temporary fix where we're going to download stuff you mm-hmm. uh, you did say that should be a temporary change did we talk about why the three reasons why that's bad to we keep We didn't it that go way? into
1: it in, no you're right we we didn't go into that in detail so if you bake in other people's code well you're never going to get updates for that unless you remember to go get updates for that so you've now taken responsibility for keeping those things up to date and that may mm. not be something you're actually going to do there may also be licensing issues. Just because someone has made something available for use via CDN does not mean that you're allowed to copy it and distribute it. So if you keep that oh. in your code and then you start distributing your code, you could be in breach of their license. <sighs> yeah,
0: good and point. And then
1: you've just made your code, you've just made everything bigger, right? You've just put a whole bunch of extra stuff into your repo that you're now carrying around. Particularly if you do something like Bootstrap, you know, have like, the chances are you've increased the size of your repo by 800%. Because the chances are Bootstrap is bigger than your code.
0: So, yeah, good point. Perfectly
1: fine to do while you're on holidays, but that's not a per- that's not a way to keep your repo for life, right? That's, that's for holiday, not for life. So, you know, we do want to roll these back later, which is why having it in the contrib folder makes that much easier. Just poof, contrib folder, go bye-bye. <laughs> uh, okay, so while you're away, commit early and commit often because the nice thing about Git is it's a peer-to-peer technology. So at a technological level... A gate repo is a gate repo is a gate repo. They all have all of the commits and all of the detail. And all you're doing is synchronizing commits when you push and pull. So it's a full peer-to-peer relationship. So while you're away, okay, you can't get the benefit of an off-site backup that you would by using something like GitHub while you're at home. But all the other advantages you still get, and just because you're on holidays doesn't mean you won't make typos and make mistakes and have to roll back. In fact, depending on how many sangrias you've had, you may need more rollback <laughs> than while you're at home. So, you know, it is definitely worth to continue to your good behavior, continue the commit link a bit often. When you get a sip of internet, do push. But I'm noticing I'm saying push, not push and pull. Just push. Don't stress yourself while on holiday. By pulling, because then you might get conflicts. You don't really right. want conflicts, right? So just push. Whenever you get a sip of internet, shove it up to the cloud. Now you have a backup. You can rest easy. Now, if not having a backup makes you way too antsy, remember that any folder can become a Git repo. And any Git repo that's not this Git repo I'm in right now is called a remote. But it could be another
0: folder on the same file system. It could be a thumb oh. drive. It could I be an doing hard it on drive. This- I never thought about doing it in the same file system where, like, I've got a separate volume I created. I could put it over there and that would feel different. I mean, if I lose my whole hard drive, I'm I'm Right, but I'm saying out
1: file system means a thumb drive is fine, too. So you could actually have right. a thumb drive that you don't bring to the beach and stuff that you leave in the safety of your hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just plug it in once a night, do a push, plug it out again. And so we have lots of instructions on how to make repos. And in fact, in the early days of, of our programmable self-git, we only used remotes that were on our local file system. didn't. Right. We didn't actually right. learn about
0: the server for ages.
1: Can I make so, one
0: other quick little point? Okay. If you're traveling with any other humans, when you're actually physically moving, like you're getting out of a plane, you're going out of a train, you're out walking, whatever, trade backup drives? Oh, that's a great idea. I convinced Steve to do that on our trip to Peru, and his backpack was stolen in the airport. He lost his laptop, his uh, GoPro, his camcorder, uh, and my backup drive, because his you backup drive hit. was in my backup. So 100% of his uh, videos and everything oh, he had wow. taken with his GoPro would have been gone.
1: And That's a fantastic tip. Yes. I, I, I'm
0: so, that's,
1: that, that yeah. one's in the bank. That's that's yeah. amazing.
0: <laughs> I yeah. just can't believe I thought of it. Well, it, part of it was he kept losing his GoPro. He lost it three times on the trip, the third time permanently. So. <laughs> third time's a charm. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's a fantastic tip. So definitely okay, so do that. And So yeah, so a remote, and I'm using air codes here, that's just another folder sitting on a thumb drive or on an external hard drive is a perfectly valid thing to do. And then you can just push to it as yeah. and when you feel like it. So plug it in, push to it, plug it out.
0: It would probably be good to test that, doing that when From you've got... Comfort. Well, yeah, in the comfort of your own home, because I've tried to set it up on my Synology and never succeeded, but, so I'm afraid, but maybe I should give that a try on, a, uh, on another It's much one. easier on
1: a thumb drive because it's just a file path.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: You know, the, the URL to the remote is literally just slash volume, slash whatever.
0: Okay, okay. Uh,
1: now... The other thing that I've sort of hinted at already is you want to avoid merge conflicts while you're on your holiday. I've told you not to be afraid of them and you shouldn't be, but they involve work and they involve thinking. Just don't do them when you're on holidays. So how do you not do them? The answer is, before you set off, create a new branch and just use that new branch for everything while you're on vacation. Hmm. I call them vacation branches. And if I'm share, if you're not sharing the repo with other people, this isn't as important because the only person you'll conflict with is you, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be do like you shouldn't be <laughs> conflicting with yourself. Um, but if you're working together with other people, then it's a real possibility. And so what I would suggest is you make a branch, you give it a name that makes it really obvious this is my branch, and you know other human beings like being talked to. Just tell your co-contributors, I'm going on holidays, I've made this branch, it's for me. By all means, pull my changes if you like. No one but me is committing to that branch. And assuming Maybe you should
0: name it sangria branch so they know not to pull from it.
1: <laughs> but, but they can pull just fine, right? As long as they're pulling, they can continue to take your changes and they can deal with merge conflicts from your changes.
0: Yeah, but I'm suggesting your sangria-induced code might mm-hmm. be something they want to wait and see when you come maybe. back. Maybe.
1: <laughs> that, is, that is fair. But they, maybe they can tell you up front, maybe they can send you a little DM saying, by the by, I think you may have been on something stronger than sangria last night. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so it's perfectly fine for others to take from you. But no mm. one but you should be pushing anything to your vacation branch. And then you will not have conflicts. And then you can just, every time you get a sip of it, push, push, push. And you'll be perfectly fine. Which, of course, brings us to, what do I do when I get home? Well, the first thing to do before you do anything else is to undo your workarounds, if you did any. Mm. So the reason is you want to have a clean commit that is going to be the final product of your holiday going to be a clean commit with all of the changes you wanted to make and none of the workarounds. And that commit is what you want to merge into its appropriate permanent home, either main or version one, you know, a release branch or whatever, depending on how complex the project is. But let's just say for the remainder of this conversation, main. You want that to be a nice clean commit to go into main. And you also don't want any other commits going into main. You don't want main to ever contain your workarounds which is something to bear in mind, stick a pin on that for a moment. So if you were the only person working on the repo, if it's a repo that's just for you, you know there's going to be no conflicts. But if it's a joint project of some kind, the probability of a merge conflict goes up the more changes have been made while you are disconnected. So if you've been on holidays for a week and everyone else has been working away, the probability of a merge conflict has gone right up. Again, there's no need to panic, but you don't want to do a merge conflict in a hurry. So my advice is you schedule some quiet time when you're back to deal with that. My what I do is I make myself a giant mug of my favorite coffee, I set aside an hour and I settle in and I just just expecting it. the the conflict. Yeah. Exactly, and then it won't stress me, because it's like, well, I have an error. And a lot okay. of the time, there's none, because Git's really good at avoiding them. But if two people are at the exact same line, there will be a conflict, because Git can't deal with that. No one can. Intelligence is called for. That's why you have to do it.
0: Right, right. I, I know you tell me not to panic, but I do every time. I think because I haven't done them enough. So I look at it, happen. and I don't know I don't know which one I'm supposed to pick, and I don't know in the, in the interface for Git Kraken or... For that matter, any of the other tools I've used, forget. I don't know which one it's going to pick. If like if I click the one on the right, does that mean I'm getting rid of that one or am I add, adding that one? I don't know. No,
1: so the one you tick is the one you want. So you say what you want. Okay. It's giving you a menu. Choose what you want.
0: And, and I, with um, source tree, which is the uh, the one that Helma likes, you can do hunks. So it's just this paragraph, you know, just this three well, lines of cracking, code or whatever. It never seems to, to me, which is just, I, again, I'm just not understanding the interface. It's, I'm yeah, sure you it's doing it. click on the file.
1: But. So it's going to show you the files that are conflicting. When you click on the file, it'll open all the hunks, and it will show you an A and a B for each hunk with a separate tick box. Okay. And you just tick in whichever pane you want. So you can take some tick boxes from A and some tick boxes from B. And you just basically, I want on that one from Helma and that one from me. Just tick, tick, tick. Okay. And the only way to know which one you want is to read them. And right. And to actually...
0: Well, oh, I can P- usually tell which one I want. I just have never gotten the hang of making it be the one I want. I usually and, panic you, and go, is, you do it, part, <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, we work together all the
1: time. Like, everything we do together here and, like, all of our work together is in Git. Mm-hmm. And we almost never get a conflict. Right. And we are constantly editing the same file. True, right? because true. Because it's this week's show notes. <laughs>
0: The worst case scenario is we're really confused because neither of us sees a change because we changed the same thing. Yeah,
1: that's kind of funny actually because of course Git is just checking to see if they hashed the same thing. So if you and I change the same typo, Git will say, well, that's the same commit.
0: Yeah, and we're like, no, no, I changed some stuff. I changed it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Great minds think alike. Um, Okay, so if you have conflicts, just make some time for it, nice cup of tea, coffee, whatever you like, and just deal with it. Regardless of whether or not there are conflicts, you should still set aside some time to do this merge commit because what you want to do is you want to do a full on merge, not a fast forward. And if you don't remember the difference, Hmm. there's a link in the show. It's PBS 107. So if you imagine the timeline at some point in the past, we were where we were before we went on holidays and then we made a new branch and we started adding commits. And we now made a final commit at the top of that branch that is our workarounds gone and just all of our work left behind. And we want that commit and only that commit to go on to our main branch. So a fast forward is possible if nothing has changed on main since you diverted. Since you made the branch, if nothing has changed, you can fast forward. And that just means that main moves to the top of your branch.
0: Right. But if changes have happened on main main, that's where you can't fast forward?
1: Correct. You just it won't be an option. You just will not be permitted to because there's something in the way. Right. Can okay. go through it. But if you can fast forward, don't. Oh. Because if you fast forward, all of those commits with all of your workarounds are now on main.
0: Oh. So you want to even make you're going to make the workaround and undo it. You don't want the... What's wrong with the evidence that you did it and undid it? Well, is that is there really is that something you want on main rather than on a separate
1: branch? I'm not saying delete those files, but they shouldn't be on the main branch. Leave them... If you want to keep them, leave them aside. Don't bring them... I, I certainly don't want that on my main branch. I want my main branch
0: to be clean. But don't you usually delete those branches afterwards? But the commits won't be gone.
1: Oh, so even if you delete the that's label... That's right. That's right.
0: That's so freaky.
1: Yeah. So what you want to do is you can do this in your client or you can do it on the command line with the minus minus no no FF or no fast forward. And that will just do a merge. It will make a new commit that merges the old, the two branches. And so what you'll see in the graph is just they split. You have all of this work in your vacation branch and then they join at a new commit. And the main branch will just be empty between those two commits and all of your other stuff will be off on a little side... Yeah, it'll spur. Okay, so you just want to do a full-on commit, and you want to spend some time typing its content, so that it actually describes what you've done while on vacation. Right, right. Which is going to take some writing because you've probably been productive.
0: So set aside some time. Uh, oh, be- the thing- before we get too far to the end, uh, patterns was the one that Helma liked.
1: Yes, thank you. I
0: thank had you. to go look it up on Podfeed.com. Ah, Which
1: I had meant to do before we
0: recorded and I forgot. Um,
1: If you fancy an advanced topic, there is a Git technique, an advanced Git technique that we are not going to cover in programming ourselves because it's an advanced topic. But it's a thing called a squash commit. And it takes multiple commits and collapses them into a single commit. And a way that a lot Hmm. of people deal with this kind of a whole bunch of work we've done that we don't want to bring into main as one atom is to use a squash commit instead of a merge commit. And that will make things even cleaner because then all of your work has been collapsed into one commit instead of it still being there as a spur. That is a matter of taste. There's not, it's not right or wrong. And if you Google it, you will find passionate arguments who think squash (laughs) commits are the spawn of Satan and passionate (laughs) arguments that they are the second coming. Do whatever you like. But it is definitely a technique that is used
0: in this situation. There's a link in the show notes. I love it. So it's the basic idea. It makes it look like one commit, but it's actually got all of the history squashed into it? It's got all of the changes condensed into one commit.
1: You have possibly used it without realizing it as one of the options in GitHub when you close a pull request. It's the squash. and it just means that the pull request if you have a pull request you have a bit of a back and forth with the contributor and you're both changing your mind a few times and there's like five or six commits on the pull request you probably just want to take one single final commit into your project and you do that by choosing the close and squash so it'll be a drop down in GitHub so that's one place you might see it and I will tend to use it in GitHub but I don't use it elsewhere but like I say religious argument not right or wrong just you know it's a thing. And then the last thing to do is to clean up after yourself. That, you know, if you haven't already, just make sure that you, oh, I like to delete the temporary branch. The commits will stay. Like right? you're just deleting the label, the commits will stay. But just clean up the repo so that it doesn't say Bart's holiday or Bart's sangria or whatever you chose to call
0: it. Right? <laughs> Tidy up after yourself. I think we should and, all call them Bart's sangria. <laughs> yeah, oh, everyone. Just everybody. confuse the absolute
1: ever loving heck out of all of your coworkers or whatever. <laughs> Who's Bart and why does he like sangria? (laughs) (laughs) So basically that's kind of the crux of it. The most important point is setting aside two or three hours before you go on holidays to get all of your ducks in a row will mean that all of those ideas that have been burning a hole in the back of your head, you'll just get to make them into code and you'll have that wonderful feeling of satisfaction of having done it and you'll feel great. You don't want to spend your holiday wishing you had spent the time to prepare. Yeah. Do it now. And then
0: enjoy your holiday. I I am so glad you did this because, like I said, I tried to do it. And I knew that the main thing I knew about was those script tags. And I think that's Mm. where most of my problems are going to be. But uh, I didn't know how to fix it. I knew that was a problem. I was like, I wonder what I do about it.
1: Well, based on what we were doing before the show, if you're not all the way there, you're like 90% of the way there.
0: Yeah, now all we need is some inspiration on what I should be doing with my code. I have fully functioning code, but I've, I've, I've stalled. I got, Ooh, uh, I got stale, but maybe I'll get inspired in an 11-hour plane flight.
1: You could always just read a book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have pl- I'll have. i have my iPad with m- movies and books and things like that. So I'll be, I'll be good to go.
1: Um, I don't know how up to date you are with uh, the new Star Trek series, but I'm enjoying the absolute heck out of that. And actually, it's such a good sci-fi time, right? There's some bonus tips for everyone. I am just really impressed with Obi Wan. I am really impressed with For All Mankind, and I am really impressed with uh, Strange New Worlds. I have so much good sci fi right There's now. There's
0: so much. Oh, and uh, and and the other Star Trek, uh, The Orville. <laughs> <laughs> I it's, can't some believe of the it's not the best Star, Star Trek, Trek out ever. there. It's fabulous. Yeah. Okay, this is supposed to be an evergreen podcast. It's going to make no sense in 2027 when somebody listens to it, Bart. It'll still be good content. It'll just be old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bart, well, we'll see you on the other side and maybe I'll report back on whether this worked or not. It should.
1: It should. And uh, whatever you do, go have fun. I, I, I'm i not sure you're going to come back with a suntan going from no. California to Iceland, but maybe yeah. some nice sulfury hot springs or something. I don't know, something Yes,
0: different. we will be in some hot springs.
1: Well, there we go. Enjoy the heck out of it anyway.
0: All right. We'll talk to you uh, probably in like a month, I think. That sounds plausible, but whenever it is,
1: it's a magical time in the future. Until then, happy computing.
0: If you learn as much from Bart each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon. You can donate via PayPal or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at PodFeed or check out all of the shows we do over there over at PodFeed.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.